said, Mama, I got bad news. Bad moods every day. Brand new tattoos on my face. Sad dude. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising to Recovery. My name is Chuck LaFlange, and thank you for joining me while we take a mostly serious look at the realities of addiction and rising in recovery. This episode is brought to you by Together We Can, where Canada recovers from addiction. That's TWCRecoveryLife.org. So it's Tuesday. That means a interview with somebody else who has risen from the ashes of addiction and into the awesomeness of recovery. Uh, today, uh, Jason joins me, and Jason's significant in that He's actually a patient of the captain, Ryan Bathgate, who, of course, joins us every Wednesday for Kaleidoscope Wednesday. He's got some insights into what Ryan does and a lot of his own insights, too. So before we get into the episode, I'd like to share with you uh, a memory from Nicole about her son, Gage, who was featured in yesterday's Memorial Monday episode. And we're doing this to further drive home the point that this person is so much more than a statistic or how they passed. And in this episode, I will put it right here at the beginning of the episode. And for the rest of the week, I'll put them in wherever they fit. And, and I think it's a really important thing to uh, to do that and, and to help pay tribute to Gage, in this case, who, uh, who passed due to uh, a fentanyl poisoning at the age of 22. So here's that, and then we will jump into the episode. One thing that most people don't realize that Gage had a heart of gold. He would do anything for anybody. He was a hard worker. You told him to do it, he'd do it. He never had a question. He never questioned anything. When he was on the up and up, he would do anything and everything for anybody. He would help the homeless. He would help his family, his kids. The addiction just had a stronghold on him. And even when he was using, he still wasn't a bad person. He did things that most people don't want to know that goes on in the drug world behind the scenes. Everybody thinks that they're all just doing drugs and they're actually doing things that most people would probably not be alive if they had to admit that they did. And they have those demons the demons that they have to fight every single day knowing that I did this in order to get drugs, in order to get money, in order to survive. And what a lot of parents don't realize is that these kids are doing it even before they're in 100% addiction. And they need to know that they have somebody that will not judge them for the actions, for the things that they've done, and that they need to know that their parents and their family will love them unconditionally, which Gage knew. He knew his family loved him unconditionally, no matter what. He knew that his grandma had him. His He knew that I had him. He knew that his auntie had him. He knew that his family loved him. And in the end, I don't think that he wanted to die I think that it just was a matter of time and somebody that was disgruntled gave him something that he could never turn back from but in the end I do know in my heart of hearts that he knew we all loved him and we would have done anything and everything to make sure 
that he was going to be okay if he would have just asked. And I can still, to this day, hear him laughing. And I think that's what I miss the most, is his laughter. Hey, listeners. So I am sitting in studio now with Jason from Surrey, BC. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm not bad, Chuck. How are you doing? I'm just peachy keen. Thank you. Um, so, hey, listen, the way I like to start this stuff off, man, is just to kind of get your story. I'll try and interrupt you as little as I can, and, you know, I'll ask some questions along the way. How does that sound to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, take us back to the beginning. Let's go from there. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Just first, thanks for allowing me the opportunity to, to uh, do this. You know, it's, um, it's, it definitely wasn't the plan. Uh, uh, today, a friend, uh, we'll talk more about that, but uh, sent me a message and asked, hey, do you want to do this thing? And, uh, and, and I've been talking to him about it too. I'm like, I would love to get on here and tell my story. I've been listening to this podcast, um, you know, and I, and I'm all about it. Uh, you know, like I love doing this stuff, even when it's, uh, inconvenient. Sometimes I think it's important to, uh, to do, to, to do this, you know, and, um, if it reaches one person, like that's fucking, that, that's great, you know. Uh, I appreciate um, that, man. We really do appreciate you coming on. So, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like me, yeah. So being in recovery, uh, I'm in, I'm in recovery. I'm a recovering addict. There's lots of ways to kind of, carry this message of recovery, whether it's in 12 step meetings or in the community or on uh, podcasts. Um, you know, I've slept my first time on a, on a podcast, but, uh, it's not really any much different. Um, you know, so anyways, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 and I'll even go back further before, like I picked up, um, a substance, you know, because like with, with addicts, um, like, you know, it's all about like our, you know, our behaviors really. Right. And our, yeah. our, our, uh, why, why we use drugs and alcohol in the first place, you know, True story. Like, so True for story. Me, yeah. 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 And I didn't know that for a long time. I thought that, uh, I thought my problem was drugs and alcohol for, for a lot, a lot of years. And we'll get more into that stuff, you know, and I thought it was my job wasn't good enough and my girlfriend wasn't pretty enough. And my car wasn't nice enough or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, anyways. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. so, um, yeah, like, so, you know, the thing is about with, what I do know about addiction and alcoholism, it's not, um, it's not selective. And, mm-hmm. and when I say that it doesn't, it doesn't discriminate, you know, like we can probably sit in and, and list a number of, uh, celebrities that are, that are addicts that, you know, that are died, that are still here, that struggle. And, and so it doesn't really matter what kind of, what our, what our upbringing is or what kind of morals or values are instilled in us. Um, when we were younger, what, what, what beliefs we have, what nationality we are, um, none of you the know, things, it's just, right? yeah, yeah, no, none of the things. And, and, um, it's funny too, because like a lot of, you know, for me, a lot of times people would be like, what the fuck? Like, what, what's wrong with you? Why do you keep, why do you keep doing this? And why do you, you know, why are you doing this to your family? And like, I didn't, you know, why can't you just stop and that type of thing? You come from a good home and like, what, which I did, you know, I came from a, uh, I come from like a, a middle-class working, uh, home, you know, I, I was born in Alberta. Um, oh, whereabouts in Alberta? Curious. Uh, Calgary. Uh, Calgary, Calgary boy, born and raised here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, and I lived in Sherwood Park, Edmonton, I think for the first five years of my life. You know, when I when I can like, it's actually I'll get into this too because I think this is pretty pretty relevant. You know, when I talked to Ryan, you know, shout out to Ryan Bathgate, talked to Ryan about this stuff. Uh, I think I one of you got one of the previous um podcast i don't know who who did that uh, ryan does this exercise with his uh clients where um so he wanted like he he asked me and again he's a lot he's a lot better like what we talked about with uh with wording this stuff than me but he wanted me to get go back to a place of uh, serenity in, in, in my life what's that of serenity 
of, of serenity where, where, where I felt that was me where, where yeah. I felt loved that was me yeah. and when I felt yeah. like I was okay and safe and protected and and and, and so I'm, I'm sitting there with Ryan and and uh and I'm thinking back and and it was and it was a memory with my uh with my papa actually when I, I don't know if I was three or four years old and this is in Ontario um he's out on his boat and 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 I just remember uh you know because he was like I I looked up to him I wanted to be like him and we had like a really good uh relationship and and i just remember sitting on that boat and like and i'm picturing it now and i, I remember the color of the boat and ryan wanted to ask me where were you sitting and, and what did you uh what what was the smell and what was he wearing and all so it that i think the idea is like that was like kind of like my safe place you know and that and that's like kind of the one thing that um i the one moment i remember when i was like okay when i was like when, when, I, when I felt good enough i i would say yep. you know yep. um I, uh, so yeah, like, um, you know, like looking back to, uh, we, we did everything like normal families do, you know, my, my, uh, like Christmases were usually like really big with my immediate family and my extended family. And, and so from the outside looking in, like it looked normal, you know, yeah. as, as it usually yeah. does. And, uh, I, I still like for, for me though, so there's always love in the home. There was always love in the home. We never went like without anything, and uh, like my parents definitely did the best uh, that they they they, uh, they could, you know. And and um, sometimes that's just not like good enough. I'm not saying what they did wasn't good enough. It didn't matter. Like I was going to turn out the way I, I I turned out. I believe that. I believe I was born an addict, um, yeah. alcoholic, and uh, I um, so I never felt I never felt good enough. I never felt like I belonged, even in my own um home really around like my family has felt like different you know and i uh and i'll get into that stuff more more um why why i felt that way there's you know there's a couple of different uh reasons why and, and um you know and one of those reasons i'm seeing ryan uh so yeah like so again before i picked up a substance the behaviors were still there you know in elementary school like i remember getting into lots of i got in lots of trouble i got suspended from school and i was always so I was fucking lied and, 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 and manipulated. And, you know, I was already, uh, I think by the time I was 12, I was stealing from my, uh, from my mother. I was stealing money out of her purse to buy weed. Like, like, <laughs> like a good son, yep. a good addict yep. that I was, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, so basically, like, there started to be some, like, consequences and stuff, you know, like that, like that, um, before I even, like, really picked up, a, you know, a substance, you know. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, um, yeah, I played hockey, played hockey, played baseball, did all that type of stuff, you know, like, even any anything that I apply myself at, like we're we're really capable people. We, we're very capable. We're intelligent, and you know, and you know, uh, I'll interrupt you for a second there. And something I always say is, if all the addicts in the world got sober tomorrow, you'd be fucked because you'd all be working for yeah, us, yeah. right? Yeah, you, <laughs> you bet. Know, right, right, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I heard you say that on the uh, previous podcast. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, bet yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. and uh, maybe talk with Jimi Hendrix, uh, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, if you want to go down the, you know, the, all of them and, and Eminem and Elton John. So anyways, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, like when I, when I look back at it though, like this disease of, is, is, it is progressive. When I say progressive, like for me, it progressed from the substances that I used starting with weed and alcohol and, mm-hmm. and ended up at fentanyl and there's everything in between, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and, uh, I remember I'll take you back to the very, very first time I, I, I drank. I drank alcohol, um, 12 years old, stole the liquor out of my parents' uh, liquor cabinet. This is in Maple Ridge. You know, by this time, we lived in Maple Ridge. Uh, we moved out here, like I said, in 1989. So, yeah, 12 years old. 
this concoction of liquor, put it in an empty two liter pot bottle. Me and my best friend, uh, Jordan to this day, my, my best friend, my next door neighbor. Um, uh, yeah, we went and we drank that and I fucking, I, I, I got sick. I puked. I hated the taste, but I couldn't wait to do it again because I, I liked the effect uh, it produced, you know, and, it, and that was the one, the one thing I can always rely on drugs and alcohol because they made me feel okay. And all those fears and all those insecurities and all that, those uh, thoughts of not being good enough, like that just all went away. I can talk to girls. I had more confidence and I, uh, I fucking loved it, you know? Um, and, and, uh, yeah, so um, and, and again, like when I look back, when I'm talking about, you know, like I played hockey and, and, and stuff like that. And, and it, for a while, Chuck, it was, it just, it was like a thing on like the weekends that we did, my friends and I, we would go uptown and we'd bullshit our parents and say, Oh, we're going to this, uh, hockey game, this junior B hockey game, actually the Maple Ridge uh, flames at the Cam Neely arena when it was uh, still there in the uptown Maple Ridge there, you know, the, 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 the hockey game was part of it. Definitely. We'd, we'd go by like forties of old English and, 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 and weed and fucking <laughs> cigarettes and stuff like that. Right. I and, remember. Uh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You bet. And, uh, so, um, but then it became, then it became like those, you know, drinking and, and smoking weed and all that. Like it, it started to be more frequent. And then it started to be not just on the weekends. It was throughout the, the week. And, you know, I, I, by that time, I think I was kicked out of school, uh, high school, expelled actually, and had to go to like an alternative school, which, which is basically, it was like these portables were all like my degenerate friends were anyway, <laughs> you know, so it was actually kind of cool for me. Uh, so we just, you know, at, at lunch, we smoked, we smoked weed in class and everything like that. Like we, we, we were fucking, we were pretty bad kids, right? Like we weren't really yeah. great in the community. <laughs> we weren't, uh, you know, we did lots and lots of stuff and, uh, you know, caused a lot of harm actually, um, to, to like the innocent, uh, you know, people and stuff like that. The thing is with like addiction is that everybody's affected uh, by, by this, you know, uh, everybody directly, indirectly. And like, we just, I just didn't give a shit. I just didn't really fucking yeah. care. You know, I didn't stop to think of, of uh, who I was hurting. Um, and even if I did think I couldn't stop myself from doing it. Um, so I think, uh, I believe I got kicked out of maybe, no, I, I, th I think I just quit school. I, I just quit school. I'm like, fuck it. I didn't want to do school anymore. 15. And I think my dad said to me, uh, he didn't make me, he wasn't going to make me go to school, but he wasn't going to like, let me sit around and do nothing. So he yeah. said, you know, well, if you don't want to go to school, you're going to get a job. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, okay. So, uh, he, uh, like my dad's a, uh, crane operator um he's working for will crane that's where he spent most of his uh career 40 something years working for will crane really really hard worker my my dad actually and um you know uh actually just want, wanted to be like him as well and impress him and stuff like that and uh anyways um so he got me a job on a uh this big like 30 story high rise and i'm fucking 15 years old and i and i show up there and i'm like 130 pounds and i'm like like pretty green right <laughs> yeah, never even yeah. swung a hammer before i had my nice cute little tool belt so i got a hard time from all you know how the, the culture is there they gave me at the, i don't i think it might be different now the hr and all that stuff but they gave me a fucking hard time those guys and uh but like i worked hard though i worked hard and i showed up every single day on time i started to get the respect that way they didn't yeah. they, they fucked with me though they told me to do all sorts of shit like <laughs> what's the worst and, thing uh, they ever did to you what's the worst oh thing? fuck it it's funny because i just remembered too and i'm like hope he doesn't ask me that so yeah so basically <laughs> like i was pretty gullible and uh i was just so eager so they they one of the guys, and they, they, they knew this, right? They, it, 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 uh, it goes around, uh, you know? And, uh, so this one guy, there was like, there was two things actually that stand out. One of them was this guy, he comes to me and he said, it's basically like the new guy. It's his job to go check like the level, uh, the, um, the, 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 the liquid. So ba ba basically like to take this like big long two by four and have to stick it down the shitter to check how much 
fluid, is, or sorry, not fluid, uh, a volume is in there. And I think, I can't, can't remember if I did it, but maybe somebody fucking stopped me, and I truly be, believe, and I was pissed, and I'm like, why the, Why do I have to do this? And, uh, you know, so they're all laughing, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's funny, too, because I remember when uh, I was working with this one guy, and he was the, I was like a carpenter's helper, and he was like the foreman <laughs> carpenter kind of on the site, and I'm watching this guy, Swing a hammer. He's a big twenty-four ounce framing hammer, and he's and he and he's hammering in his like three and a half inch duplex spikes. And he's hitting them three times. And he's burying them, and I I have to hit. I can't even really even hit the thing. I didn't have the coordination. I didn't have the strength to, you know. Yeah, so wind, eh? I remember too. I I went. I told my dad. I'm like, well, dad, like I need two. I I need tools, right? And I'm like, you know. So we go to the uh, Rona, wherever the fuck we went, and uh, I'm like, yeah, like I need that big twenty-four ounce hammer. Like Dave, he's like, you can't. He's like, no. He's like, you can't fucking swing that all day, right? And he got me his little six. I was S-wing uh, hammer, so I showed up with that, and then, hey, where'd you get the hammer from Toys R Us? And they're all giving me a hard time about that, and uh, I, uh, so there was that, and the, this other one, this is a really, really good one, because I was actually pissed, because my dad was in on it, too, and he knew what they were doing, and uh, they, they called me Junior. They come up to me, and they're like, hey, Junior, uh, every every Thursday of the month, or what, what was it, every, every, no, sorry, not every Thursday, one Thursday a month at the end of the month, it's called Professional Day. And I'm like, oh, like, what's professional day? And they're like, well, you have to like, you know, you come in and you wear a nice dress shirt and dress shoes and dress pants. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. So <laughs> just, just, no, just not, didn't have a clue. Eh? So, so for sure, I, of course, I, I <laughs> yeah, I, so I asked my dad, right? I'm like, dad, what's up with this professional day? And then I told him about it. He played along. He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Make sure you fucking, you. so, it, I so like you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. Great, great guy. Uh, yeah. So, um, amazing guy. <laughs> Not at that time though. I was still, I was still a little pissed about that one. But anyways, I, uh, so I, I show up the next morning in the lunchroom at 7 a.m. And I come walking in and I got all my nice clothes on and they're just all laughing. They're like, oh, look at that. Oh, nice shoes. And, uh, I'm like, why? I'm like, how come these guys are dressed up, right? Big spectacle. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty upset, right? Just ready to pop your collar. I don't know if you've heard, oh, but yeah. I'm kind of a big deal around here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, well, that's I laugh at it now. I laugh at it now. I laugh at a lot of things now that weren't funny about, you know, and, uh, it was, uh, they got me good. They got me good, those guys, right? So, I, uh, and that was like the one thing too, Chuck, is that I was like always, um, able to I was all even like when I played hockey and stuff is never really like considered the best players one of like the better players on the team and stuff like that but I always really really worked hard I always worked hard and was able to kind of get the respect from guys that way whether it be at hockey or anytime I apply myself I, I worked hard including yeah fucking yeah. being it then turned out being an addict right and that was the thing I the most <laughs> effort yeah I have five stars the shit out of that I hear you man yeah, yeah. Bur- burning my life down or trying to build it up and then burn it down again and that's like a lot of my story you know building things up and then burning it down right so I uh I ended up, I said, fuck, I don't want to go to school anymore. I'm, I, or so I don't want to go to work anymore. Quit. I think I quit that job. And, uh, I, um, what did I do then? Still the partying thing. And then it became other substances, Coke and, and meth. And then there was some fuck, then there was some consequences. I think when I was about 15, stayed up for four days, smoking meth. And like, that wasn't, can I, none can of the stuff was in the how, cards. How old are you now, Jason? Uh, 38. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just trying to put it in perspective for, for, for the when, right? So, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you bet, you bet. Yeah, so I think around I was 15 or 16, Chuck, it was the first time I tried uh, crystal meth, you know, and like, and, and the funny thing is, you know, if you ask any addict or, or alcoholic that has kind of like gone down, um, 
you know, down the scale, like as far as I, I have, and a lot of us have, like that was never in the plans. It, it wasn't, you know, and, and Hey, when I grew up, I want to be a degenerate junkie that burns my life down. I don't remember saying that, you know, and it was like, yeah, I want to be a, a doctor or fucking whatever, a right? firefighter. Um, you know, so there I am. Yeah. 15 years old, smoke crystal mass for the first time, stayed up for four days and had this genius idea with my buddy. We're going to go do an armed robbery. Right. And, uh, got, got caught doing that. And, uh, I remember hiding under the, uh, we hid under this trailer, the cop fucking police dogs came. I was like, I, I'm not a religious person, but I prayed that they didn't fucking bite me and actually bit my buddy, which is cool at the time, but not for him. Uh, <laughs> so the dogs are pretty, they're not, they weren't nice. Right. And they didn't really, uh, they kind of let the dogs go at him for a bit. So anyways, like that was like the first real consequence I would say, um, yeah. due to my addiction, I ended up getting, uh, Oh, what did I uh, get? What was it called? I had to go do some program uptown or something uh, like that, something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, um, yeah. So like through, you know, throughout my, you know, probably yeah, that, that's about 15 or 16 years old, you know, and things are like getting like progressing. Um, and actually Chuck, um, I'm going to take you I'm going to actually take you back before that. Cause this is like a pretty like pivotal moment and, and, okay. and, um, pretty pivotal moment. I almost forgot about this and overlooked this uh, part, which is a big part of my story. And, and a lot of the reason, uh, a big reason like I turned to, uh, you know, substances and turned to like a lot of things. And, um, so like with, so with me, like I'm, um, I'm adopted, you know, and I, I, it's almost like I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah. I, it's yeah. Almost, like, I, 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 I believe like there was like some, that meant that something like was wrong with me, you know, and somebody didn't want me and, and none of my friends were, and, and it, it was always brought up. People close to me would, would say like, Hey, like, are you adopted? You don't look anything like your parents. And I'm like, no, like, what are you talking about? Like, so it was almost like I was in denial or I didn't even want to like, look at the fact that could be a possibility. Cause that again, meant something was wrong with me. Somebody didn't want me. I wasn't good enough. And, and, and um, so I was actually for, I think I was about four. I was 14 years old and I, um, and like I said, at this point, my, my parents are living like prisoners in their own home. Everything is locked up because I'm already stealing fucking anything I can from them to, mm -hmm. uh, to buy drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever. Um, I'm in their, uh, I'm in their bedroom and then there's this fireproof box and it's in the closet and, uh, like a walk-in closet. And I knew there was money and stuff in there. I think I've been in there before. Maybe I was in a, there's two fireproof boxes. I, anyways, I knew that the one. I fucking grabbed it and, and, and I shook it and I heard like there was a bunch of like old currency and stuff like that in there. Of course, I, I, I took that and sold that face value. They were actually holding on to that to give to like my my sister and I one day, right? And I fucking went and took yeah. it and sold it for drugs. Yeah. And anyways, um, I uh, so I, I get into this box and there, there's like these uh, office uh, size uh, brown envelopes and then I open it up. And um, and then it's adoption papers and and with we you know it's me and my my sister. Oh wow! And 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 that moment right there, like I wasn't, I didn't have enough, um, I didn't develop enough like a, a, a emotionally, and I wasn't mature enough to, to to process what was happening and looked at it like it was a good thing. I I I didn't want to believe what I was looking at, and I don't know all the different um emotions, but I felt I felt reject, I would say rejected and 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 betrayed and and resentful. Okay, so um, I'm gonna, just, I want to interrupt you on there. So whenever a guest goes back to the, the early days, whether it's when they first tried or an instance like this, I want to get into your head and try and figure out how much awareness of those emotions or did you have at that time or is, or is that, and I, I can already, I'm pretty sure you're going to say through therapy, you're able to really, you know, dive into that. But at the time, yeah. at the time, how much awareness did you have of that? Not, not, not much awareness. Okay. It, okay. Not not much yeah. awareness, Chuck. I I um 
I just, I, I would say just really, um, it was almost like, it was almost, den- I would say there was denial there for sure. Cause I almost, I wanted to believe that I wasn't seeing what was in front of my face. Okay. Cause yeah. I think it was a huge, uh, f- fear of mine that that could be a possibility, you know? And, and again, like it meant something was, was wrong with me and, yeah. and somebody didn't yeah. want me, you know? And like, so fast track to today, um, you know, 24 years later, um, like I just, you know, when Ryan really helped me might change my view around the, this stuff and 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 like somebody somebody actually did love me you know and they loved me enough to uh to, to adopt you to, right to, to give to yeah. you know and yeah. yeah absolutely um but again like i didn't when 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 that happened there was such a uh a disconnect there i i i would say and i just and i had a huge resentment towards my my, my parents you know because i i thought it was there um i expected them to tell me and and they didn't and, and it's not yeah. they're just trying to protect me you know ryan and i talk about this stuff he's the one that put a 180 on that whole thing and, and really broke it down and and, and asked mm-hmm. and, and said that he said they they, they loved you um an, enough you know and they were just trying yeah. to protect you and they did the best that they could and it's not their fault it's not anyone's fault yeah. Um, it wasn't my right. fault I was adopted, but it's 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 my responsibility to, to 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 seek the help I think for that stuff and and um uh and and, and heal from it you know so I stopped hurting the people close to me because you know and, and it's like, funny uh, that you said that that now of course and, and I feel like probably through the help of, of Ryan and your therapy but that you mm-hmm. understand that you weren't ready for those emotions back then right no and and you can see maybe had they waited till you're nineteen or twenty or whatever the age is right that yeah. and to tell you yeah. how much how much of a um, less of a negative impact that would have had on your life, right? So, oh, absolutely, it, yeah, yeah, right. And it yeah. just goes to show yeah. you they really did love you that much, right? They were trying to prevent all oh, things, yeah. right? So, yeah, and right. and Chuck, like when I come from like a place of like understanding, you know, when my perception kind of changed, you know, when I got when I got clean and sober, and you know, went through the steps, I start to look at things differently. Like I, 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 I look at it like what a imagine like what a, what a position to to be in. You know, not knowing what to do, should should we tell him? And because he's already kind of going down this path, and what is that going to look like? And and um, I think it's probably actually better that they they didn't because who knows? Uh, so, uh, you know, do you know anything went. about your birth mother? I won't ask if you know your birth mother yet, but uh, do you know anything about her now? No. Okay. So, well, I'll, I can um, when I take you up to to, to today, we can we'll get into that more. Okay. Chuck. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. and to answer your question, does very very little, but I. Uh, this again, again, this is all going to be a part of it too. Okay, I, I'd like to touch on that when I well, okay. when we get to that part of the story. So, Jack, yeah, just yeah. shut up and listen. Yeah, Chuck. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it's a, no, no. That's a good. No, it's a good. It's a, it's a good question, and it's and it's yeah. it's a really interesting question actually too. Um, so, yeah, that um, yeah, so that's basically how I how I found out that there and like and and the thing is, Chuck, is I always knew, I always knew that um that my parents that they felt some sort of guilt for not telling me and I think I brought it up one time to get out of to get out of trouble uh, at home I got shit for doing something and I brought it up and I threw it in their face and just to so it's almost like a form of manipulation like addicts were good manipulators right and <laughs> the I was, best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah absolutely I was always able to uh to manipulate um you know especially like my you know my mother and even my my father too to kind of to get whatever like i wanted in the most part it was it was money you know and, and i um, wonder i wonder know. in a circumstance like yours if it's easier to be manipulated as an adopted parent because of all their own insecurities and all their own doubts and their own you, you know what i mean I, like I, I wonder if it is you know right like, pr- pr- probably i mean if i had to make an educated guess i'd say yeah, yeah uh, right, you know yeah, like yeah. I, I i don't know i'm never in that position but i mean i could see how that would be the case um yeah. you know and i think that they they did and um 
finally, eventually, you know, like a few years ago when I had a conversation with them about that, when we finally faced that, when I finally faced that uh, conversation, um, there was still a lot of uh, guilt there, you know, for sure. And, and um, Ryan helped me, helped me with that approach, that conversation. And, uh, and, and um, you know, that's why I'm super grateful for that guy. Our, our paths crossed and, uh, and Devin and, and stuff like that, um, you know, like, so... Um, okay. But let's yeah, get back to, I, uh, to, to the progression, right? So we don't bounce ahead too much. Yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah, back to yeah. that. We'll get back to that. Yes, truck. So like, so through, um, what the uh, you know what, where was I? You know, fourteen when we just left off the adoption thing. You know, all the way through my uh, through my teens, basically it was. I'm not twin. You know, coke. Um, so how were you came, when you tried coke for the first time? Oh, I think it was what fifteen. Really, fifteen. Okay. Yeah, coke for the first time, loved it, you know, and uh, yeah, for sure, absolutely did did it did it a lot. So I was always like the one guy too. Well, there was like a few of us, but there was like the ones that would like whenever the coke was gone, it was gone, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then we went home and like that type of thing. But I always just wanted, I would always be one of the last ones, <laughs> and I'd be one of the ones do it during the week by myself, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, I know all about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I have buddies like that, like today, and when I'm sure, like you know, we all know people like that, and they can just fucking stop. And and me, I can't. I I could always stop, but I couldn't stay stopped. You know. Yep. I and, understand. And um, yep. Yep. yeah. So I uh, whoa, I tried um, you know, first time I think I tried uh, tried crack, smoking crack is about nine, nineteen, and by the time I did that, Chuck, and I really and I really dove into to, to that smoking crack, it wasn't social anymore. Do you know what I mean? No, I coke know, is like more yeah. acceptable. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird when you think about it. Look, look at alcohol is acceptable. It's readily available. It's been destroying more homes and lives longer than any substance. Yeah, and, yeah. But exactly. it's okay because you go to the liquor store, we get it's on commercials and stuff like that. And uh, Coke, the same thing. You can pull Coke at the bar or at a party, but like I couldn't pull a fucking crack pipe. At the, do you know what I Truth. mean? Like, oh, it, no, exactly. So, I say I yep. just did Coke for like 20 years. Right. And it's yeah. like, what a crazy thing to say. I just did coke. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, before you I picked up the pipe again, cause I, you know, it started to quit. It's not my story, but yeah. still, you know, same idea, yeah. man. Like, I, I totally get what you're coming from. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it's almost like society like picks these, these things, which are they call, which are like the worser of, of, of the drugs, you know? And it's like, yeah, like, oh, I just, if I told somebody, if I told somebody I, I did coke and I did fentanyl, and it's just like, oh, like the fentanyl would be like the big, like, Oh my, like you did fat, you know, and it's just like, well, the, to me, it's not, it's not so much the, the substance is really like irrelevant. It, it's kind of more what it, um, I think the, the feelings are, are still the same. I, you know, any, any addict that I've met, um, no matter what the substance is, like they, we, you know, the, the bottoms are, they might be different, but if, um, it's all, we talked about like, can, you know, being disconnected, be, you know, being isolated, not, not good enough. Like we all turn to a substance, whatever it is, usually for a specific reason, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, um, yeah, I dove into it. Like I said, like it wasn't social. Like at that point, it was like very much like, and I was like kind of like ashamed of it too. And I didn't really realize it, but, but, um, I would always try to put on this, uh, try to make it look like I was doing a lot better than like what I could, or sorry, than, than, than what I was. <laughs> Bravado. You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that type of thing. Very, 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 yeah. very b- b- huge ego. I had a huge ego and fucking so arrogant. And it's almost like I had like the stage character of who I, who I wanted to present to, to everyone, you know, and who, who I, who I wanted you to, uh, I wanted everyone to see as opposed to who I really was. Cause I didn't know. And, and so I do these, all these outside things to, to get validation, whether it be like clothes or, or jewelry or money or girls or popularity or like whatever. Right. And I, uh, 
you know, um, yeah, that was very much like what, what I did until the point where I couldn't, it was hard to hide it because physically I look like shit. Even my, my best friend uh, to this day, Jordan, the one I was telling you about, the one who I drank with for the first time, he's seen me and he's like, he's like you, don't, you don't look good. My, my face is all sunk in. And at that point, Chuck, I stopped caring what I looked like. And I, I didn't, I think I was so ashamed and what, I, didn't, I didn't stand in front of the mirror and I actually went in front of the mirror one day and I looked and I, I looked like shit. I didn't look good. You know what I mean? I'm like, Oh, you know, so, um, again, like, I think like, you know, addicts are like really good or we think that we're good sometimes to hiding it. Like I thought a lot of time I was hiding. Everybody knew. Yeah, of course. Right. Everybody does all the time. We think we're geniuses, you know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let you walk around the party with white shit on your nose all night too. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or, uh, you know, so, um, and, uh, at that point, you know, I got involved. Like, I don't want to talk about this stuff, like, too much. Actually, it's part of it, though, you know, like, just, just the people who I, who I was, like, kind of involved with. And there was a lot of things that were happening. And it was, like, um, I would say, so when I talk about, like, progression, I also talk about, like, places and situations I put myself in that I would never, like, do. I never thought I, I, I would do, you know. And uh, end up being some, like, really, like, dicey situations some pretty ser- with some pretty – serious people and like I, I made it out of all that stuff and some of my friends didn't you know some of them are still in it and uh um i uh i tried heroin tried heroin for the first time at 20 and that 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 was it how that, that was a profound moment how did you was do that? it the first time i snorted it okay okay yeah yeah i snorted it so basically i you know i was uh driving around selling selling dope slash doing dope with this uh you know this girl i know in maple ridge we were all kind of pooped out and all wired on coke and i was so paranoid i was going to turn off the phones <laughs> i was going to turn <laughs> off the phones and she's like hey well i know i know something that, that, to calm down right and i'm like well what do you mean she's like well you know uh like heroin let's snort some heroin i'm like hey i'm like you can't snort heroin i'm like i just knew you can just inject it and uh, i'm like so i give her a point of heroin she snorts it and she went from super weird and pooped out and paranoid like i was to just calm and i was and i'm like oh that's how it works I was like, okay, fuck, I want that feeling. So I did it, puked, again, puked, but I fucking loved it. And, and, and that was it. I fell in love with heroin, you know, and that was the one thing that, that um, substance that I went to. And I, that, that was it. You know, I didn't do really any other substances. I'm like, where has this been my whole life, you know? And, you know, and, and again, I'll interrupt. Until this point yeah. in your story, Jason, um, there's been so many parallels. This is where I become very interested, and not that I haven't been, but because I never, never once, I never even saw heroin until like the last couple of years of my addiction days, right? Right. So I, I, Fenty became a pretty big part of my life. I never did try that either. So I never went down the down path, right? I was staying yeah. on the ups, right? So now yeah. you got, now you really got my attention. And when you talk about what, like where our paths kind of diverged from this point, right? Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Chucking. Like it's funny because I do know, um, even I have friends of mine that, you know, they were into the coke and, and crack and they, you know, they tried heroin and they hated it. They didn't like it. And me, it was like the opposite. Like I just absolutely loved it. And it, that's, um, again, I'll, I'll continue on with that for a second. I explain it to, I call them the muggles, everybody else. You know, the muggles, a Harry Potter reference there, right? Um, right. You were back in the day before, before Fenty and meth came on the scene, you were up or you were down. Like I, the reason I never saw heroin is because I was never around. Like those were those. It's a whole new culture, right? Like you would, yeah. you would never even cross paths with those guys, right? So no, right? No. You know, I mean, occasionally, but but then I just you know whatever. You didn't have any interest in each other, and then of yes. course, yeah. with with the addition to meth and 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 Fenty on the scene, that all changes, yeah. right? So and I'm sure yeah, we're yeah. going to talk more about that, but yeah, continue, yeah. yeah. 
No, it's absolutely not. I'm actually glad that you talked about that, Chuck, because, yeah, like, going around the uh, the parties and the bars and that type of stuff was the drinking and the coke and, the, like, and as I progressed and started, like, going over, like, towards the kind of, like, a different, I would say, like, crowd of, 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 of people, like, the, the ones who I was so proud, I was too proud, and I fucking would drive by and look at them, like, oh, that will never be me, and then, it, and then there, you know, there I am, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, so definitely... Um, Never, never, never. And again, like never pictured myself uh, doing that. You know, I was too good. I was too proud. And like, and then we'll go back to what we talked about earlier. It's not, uh, addiction isn't selective. It doesn't, doesn't care about any of that stuff. You know, it so, certainly does um, not. Yeah. yeah so. No. And at that point, Chuck, like, I think, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, at, at this point I'm, 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 I'm homeless. I'm basically living with a buddy of mine uptown, uh, in Maple Ridge and like, you know, pretty notorious, street or you know say it's like a ghetto part of maple ridge a lot of drugs a lot of crime that type of thing right we're, we're doing a lot of stuff a lot of things too to you know maintain our our addiction <laughs> yeah. selling yeah. Dr- drugs you know all the stuff that comes with i don't need to touch too much on that stuff you know yeah. but again yeah. Yeah. all of the every single line every every single thing I, I i promised myself i would never do chuck i did you know yeah yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and there was nothing that was standing between me and, and getting heroin. So can I ask you now then, what's the worst thing you yeah. ever did? Or is that a question? You don't have to answer that one is if it's something you're not comfortable with. What? Worst thing I ever did. Fuck, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, I, uh, hmm. basically, um, that comes to mind anyway. Right. I mean, you know, there's, I know that's I a lot of inventory say, sometimes to take, but you know, right. Well, I would say, you know, one, one of them that just pops out, you know, I, uh, my, uh, my inheritance from my, uh, from my pop the one I told you about the one that I, that I absolutely loved, that I absolutely loved, uh, me, you know, spent all his money on, uh, you know, heroin and, um, uh, that'd be yeah. one of them that stands out. Not, not a proud moment. Um, and, uh, basically extorted my, uh, parent, you know, I remember calling up my parents. I messaged actually my, this is actually was important too. I want to talk about this stuff too. Is is, is how much this stuff like affects our, our our families, you know? Because they're watching all this happen and they're they're affected by it. Everybody is. And I'm not thinking about that. So I'm you know I'm sitting in a uh, like basically like a shack, like a drug house one day, and I'm out of money and I'm dope sick, and I and I messaged my mom and I told her uh, basically I told her I got kidnapped. I needed X amount of dollars to pay these dudes and like imagine what a position for for a mother to be in you know oh man so my man. my my, yeah. my mom says we'll come to the uh come to the house so i you know i drive to the house i still had a car at that point and i pull in the driveway and i go to knock on the door and as soon as i knocked on the door i hear tires screeching and it's it's a cul-de-sac and this is in maple ridge off of a uh, 230th um and uh yeah i lived in a cul-de-sac there for a long time so anyways uh this minivan comes fucking ripping up the road and the doors fly open and it's like the serious, uh, I think it was like serious crimes. That unit, they all get out in black with, oh. with, you know, like assault rifles and shotguns and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and get, 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 get down. And, and my mom's watching all this happen. Right. Wow. man. From, from the, wow. from the window, she didn't know what to do. She called the police. Like she didn't, you know, and, and, and well, she did the right thing for, at the end of the day. She did know? the right thing. Yeah. So for and, any and parents it, listening it, so, to this, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And it's like, imagine like how, how traumatic that, that would be. And I, I, I would almost like, I don't like to think about this stuff too much, but that, that stuff, um, she probably still has nightmares about that, you know? And, and, and I have um, no doubt. So yeah, no those doubt. would be thanks, like a couple thanks for of sharing that. Cause that's, out. that's some real, that's some real raw honesty there, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sharing yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, uh, it's funny, Chuck, because, um, a bit of my story is that, you know, and, uh, like I'm, I'm a chronic relapser, you know, like I said, I can get clean, but I can never stay clean, you know, <laughs> and that was me get clean, 
one month, two months, three months, relapse again. I kept on doing it. I kept on, uh, you know, it talks about this in our literature is like the great obsession of every real alcoholic and addict is the, um, uh, is the fact or the idea that, that this time is going to be different. I'm going to control and enjoy my drinking and using, you know, and, <laughs> and at those times, even though a thousand times before I wasn't, this wasn't able to, it's going to be different this time. And this is how. Yeah. And, yeah. and to plan on all the ways I'm going to do it, I'm just going to use for two days. I'm just going to use this substance or whatever it yeah. might be. And mm-hmm. like normal people don't think about that though. You know, when that, when my buddies go for a beer, they don't have all these safe controls and, uh, and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm only going to spend X amount of dollars. I'm going to go home at this time. I'm only going to do it for tonight. Like they don't have to think about that. You know, they just yeah. stop. Like I was saying, and, and me, I can, I can only stop. I can only stop if I was stopped. And, 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 um, so anyway, that rock I, uh, bottom was that time is usually what's the yeah, stop is, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 And Chuck, I think I, that, that, when I, so this will take me to, you know, around tw- 20 years old. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm wired to, wired to heroin, basically like homeless. And I remember I got a call from like my best friend, Chris, his, his name's Chris. He's actually locked up, you know, right now. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, another best friend since I've been nine years old. We've been through some a lot of things together. So anyways, he called me. And the last time him and I were together, we got arrested together. Um, he got, you know, he got caught. He had a gun on him. So basically, they court ordered him to go either go to jail or you go to treatment. So he went to treatment. You know, it's a uh, a treatment center. It's called Miracle Valley at the time, way up in uh, Mission, way the fuck up there. You know, yeah. so I, I and I was the last. This is the, so 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 when him and I got arrested together, and I didn't hear from him for some time. He called me. His voice sounded different. He sounded happy on the phone. Mm-hmm he sounded happy because we were in addiction together and we were just suffering and he, and he, and he, and he, and he sounded like excited. And he's like, Hey bro. And he's like, I'm in this treatment center and, and, and this and that. And, uh, you know, and, and at that point, Chuck, like I didn't know much about treatment centers or recovery. And, and again, like I, I, but I didn't have any roads to go. And I just said, I remember, I think one of the first things I asked him, I was like, Hey, how's the food there? <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I'm like, do they have candy and stuff like that? And he's like, Oh yeah, they got Twinkies or like, whatever the hell it was that they had. And I said, okay, yeah, maybe I'll go into that place, you know? And, uh, so <laughs> candy yeah, yeah, you be the bet. deciding factor, right? Yeah. I know. Right. Not like, Hey, do they, uh, yeah. What's the program like there? And do they have counseling? And I was like, no. And it was like, yeah. what's the food like? Is there any what color are the sheets? Chicks? Right. Like fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that stuff too like i was you know homeless and all of a sudden the fucking the single bed wasn't that wasn't enough right yeah right. I, I need a king yeah. size bed i'd rather be in my abandonment egyptian right? sheets and yeah oh yeah for sure yeah yeah <laughs> willing to do anything except eat that food and meanwhile on my couch surfing and homeless and fuck you know what i mean it's just kind of yeah. funny so yeah. the, the um, demons are crafty right you know so yeah oh yeah so i uh there's a wait list for this this place it was three months so i ended up going to some shithole recovery house in in surrey there was rats in the basement and oh, uh wow. actually no sorry before that i had to go to detox it was called maple cottage yeah 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 i'm familiar with the detox programs yeah 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 so i had to go to detox chuck and and so i'm here i'm in detox on a wait list to get in this treatment center i got it, it turns out in detox my, my my friend's mother we were on the streets together using together his his mother and and i can you imagine too and it was just like how 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 worse the people when you know when the parents are addicts how 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 worse off it is for them oh, so his mother yeah. was the an addict i was using heroin with and so she was in there i didn't want to i wanted to get high i was still in full obsession you know even though like yeah. the consequence was there look like i'm homeless i'm in detox but just that obsession to 
to get high was there. And I'm starting to go through, I know, obviously physical withdrawals coming off heroin. So she went, she picked up some heroin for us. She brought it back in there. We split it. I still think she used more than half of it. Uh, and, uh, so anyways, I, uh, and, right, I'm inspecting okay. it when she gave it for to you me. Muggles, for you muggles listening now, you, you can't appreciate the humor in that, but that's a universal yeah, truth. Yeah, you right, bet. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them will. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I... Uh, so I go and I, I do it in, in my in, in my little room there, and uh, all of a sudden I come out, and you know me like I I, I just love it. It's just like oh now I have like my warm blanket, and I'm not sick anymore. I'm talking to everybody. I'm smoking outside, and one of the people I don't know was the nurses or who the hell it was. They came and approached me and they said, hey like uh you know you like we're kicking you out. I forget how, how they said it, and I said, well what are you talking about? Like well like you we saw you get high in your room, and I'm thinking too. I'm like they have fucking cameras in there. Um, but I don't think they actually did. They probably just knew I was high. They're not. They're not dumb, right? That's what they they've do. They've seen they a, a thousand day. faces pull the same shit, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. So I think my uh, my cousin ended up uh, picking me up, and um, my family's like devastated, you know, because it's like look, like I just got kicked out of detox now, and they don't know what to do. And I went to this recovery house and and, and um, stayed there until I went to Miracle Valley. This is in two thousand four. This was in two thousand four. Event eventually ended up in Miracle Valley. Um, beautiful treatment center. I think there was like 140 uh, uh, beds there. You know, there was all, all different walks of life there in, in those places. Um, I connected. I made some really like, the thing is about those places too, and the, the relationships that you make in there, like they're, they're, they're usually like bait. They're, they're, they have substance and they have meaning and they have purpose, you know, not something yeah. I always really lacked. I didn't have. Yep. yep. Something maybe always look for, you know, we're talking about that, you know, with, um, uh, the opposite of uh, addiction be connection. And it's just, you know, we, we, you know, still though, it, you separate what, what I know today is that you separate the, the individual from the substance, whether it be drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, you still have problems, right? Now you have the behaviors and now you have the trauma, untreated trauma and untreated alcoholism. And, 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 you know, when we're talking about like the ego, like my ego was so inflated and I, it was very much like, you know, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get too, too vulnerable. And it was very much like, yeah, like I was doing this and I was doing that. And it's just like the reality of the situation is, is that I wasn't killing it out there. Do you yeah. know, like if I get yeah, it honest, yeah. I was like pretty like, in, like low bottom feeding junkie. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, right. So yeah. it, and again, like I uh, eventually years and years and years had to kind of smash that, 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 um, that, that ego was, was leveled and that pride was smashed. And I have to continue to do that, you know, today. Right. And, really keep that stuff in check and first the difference between know the difference between uh arrogance and confidence you know ryan has been helping me like work on that and separate it because I, I didn't have this i didn't know if you so ask me i was always I, confident i i get i gotta interrupt you jason so i have you know i've interviewed many people now within the show um being you know through not through the 12 steps going to 12 step meetings i never did complete my steps in in that regard but um Ooh. and of course over the years i have talked to i don't know five six hundred you know, addicts and alcoholics and, and whatever that are, that are in recovery. Yeah. Yeah. You are easily in the top three for self-aware. And, and when you asked your question of the captain in, in that episode that, that we read it, um, right. about why, why people kind of forget about therapy or, or don't yeah. focus on or put any focus on therapy. Yeah. Um, and, and he had a great answer for it at the time, but this is why, this is why they should. And, and, and what you're, everything you're saying right now, um, and I'm, I'm complimenting you in a big way right now. You're one of the most self-aware people in recovery I have ever talked to. So, so I appreciate thank you. that. Thank yeah, you. man. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, man. Right. No, I appreciate that, Chuck. Thank you, and that no, that means a lot to me. Um, you know, and I, uh, um, yeah, I've actually heard that before. Sometimes it's it's funny too. I can just say thank you now, and it you know it took me. Um, 
I had to learn how to receive a compliment, practicing a compliment, because to me, like a compliment was so uncomfortable and I didn't actually believe that about myself. Uh, so I naturally, I just want to yeah. deflect yeah. or minimize or or I can go the other way with it and talk about how fucking amazing I am because I have this overinflated yeah. ego, right? And so yeah. actually to yeah. to to learn that, and, and, and I had really good mentors. I had good mentors like Gavin and he's one of the ones that helped us uh, work on that stuff. You know, when someone gives you a compliment, they're, they're, they're just giving you a compliment. If you're going to if you're gonna deny that, you're taking that away from them, you know? So now I just say, like, thank you, you know? And I do actually believe those things about myself because yeah. i didn't for a long time and yeah and, man. And, uh, yeah no that's so that's you know, i appreciate that chuck so yeah the uh so basically like um you know so yeah miracle valley um i'm in there and like i i, I do really really well when i was in well i wouldn't say I would, I would do i got high in pretty much every treatment center i went to actually but i was always good with bullshitting everybody everybody thought i was doing really really well right <laughs> yeah because i yeah, complete the yeah. program i get the certificate and they have this big ceremony at the end but like the whole time I was in Miracle Valley, I, the 90 days I was there, I was itching to get it. I smoked crack in there, and I still do, and I still bull, bullshit my way through it. I just did just enough whenever I was there so I didn't get kicked out. I did all the requirements, what was asked of me, right? So so I'm going to guess that you're ADHD, not because of your behavior, but because of some of the things you're saying? Uh, ADHD? Yeah. Um. I don't know if if I am. I'm undiagnosed. <laughs> uh, I'm undiagnosed, but I guarantee because I've been high for thirty years, I didn't know. But just because you're the guy that wasn't peeking out the blinds after a crack hoot, I'm guessing. Oh no! I did. Oh no! 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 I oh, definitely yeah. was. Oh, okay, okay. So I got that wrong then. Okay, 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 okay. Continue. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was peeking out the blinds. There was a whole. Night. Hey, yeah. No, the TV was on mute. The TV was off. The phones were off. There was there was stuff. There was knives everywhere. No, it was very much like that. Right? <laughs> okay, Somebody was okay, coming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was Somebody always coming, the, yeah. and nobody nobody ever came. Yeah. Um, I, I say know, because for me, time. it was such a calming thing, calming drug, right? That, that's oh. why, I, you know, right? So now, all of a sudden, without yeah. stimulants, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, whoo, you know, 20 no, open tabs it, and all that, you know. Right? Yeah, you bet. It was actually the opposite for me, Chuck, where it was like very much, uh, very, very, very paranoid. Very oh, paranoid. Okay, okay. And, yeah. and that's why, actually, I think I, 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 I kind of went towards the uh, the down, the opiates, because it was just the opposite of that, you know? I just yeah, didn't, yeah. Just, just did not care. Yeah, just didn't have to feel anything and, and uh, just kind of just go through life and nothing really mattered, um, you know? Like, okay, and like yeah. I said, I'll always openly say this, if I could use successfully, use heroin successfully or do any substance successfully without consequences, I would do that. Yeah, but um, but my point is, you know, you can't. Right, so like I can't, yeah. you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I I picked up the day I got out of there, and again, my family was so proud of me. They they came there to visit me every single weekend. My family's been so supportive through like the whole thing, but they also had to get to the point where they um um you know where they did some like work around uh like the families get sick too, and then all the times they don't know the difference, and 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 I, a lot of times I don't know the difference between what's helping and enabling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, yeah, we've actually dedicated anyhow, a day I, of the week now, Fridays, to that very thing, to the families and spouses and partners. And yeah, oh, right? absolutely. You know, yeah. So that they, you know, because that story doesn't get told much, and it fuck it should. No, no, right? it doesn't. You know? yeah. yeah, no, I hundred percent I agree with you, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, the families yeah. they they get sick too, and they don't have substances to rely on. You know, yeah. they have to yeah. go through the, their all, all this stuff. You know, sober or whatever. Exactly. You know, or exactly. what most of them do, and uh, yeah. um. Yeah, yeah I'm actually I'm going to take this moment and I generally at some point in an episode we'll do this it might be a shameless plug but whatever episode 10 um and when I say I do this I, there's an episode that my guest will make me think of so episode 10 um is for your mom and, and yep. send it to her and ask her to listen to it and she Absolutely. I guarantee she will love it it's it's about 
you know, the, the shout out to the uh, conscripted soldier. Yes. And, 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 and you know like, like the hell that they got to live through, right? You know? Yes. And, and appreciating yeah. that. So, and Mother's Day is coming up. Yep. So, fucking get her done. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I say you can't even give me like, like goosebumps. And I, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's amazing that you do that. Cause again, it doesn't even, you know, even inside the rooms of, uh, of AA and NA and CA, I don't, I don't think that it gets talked about enough to well, what they, they what have the Al Anon and, and those type of programs, they but, do. but they, it, that's, they do. it's a different way. And, and I, I think it is. for an addict to walk into a 12 step is a much, well, it's a really hard thing to do, but it's a much, it's a much easier thing to understand than somebody who's fighting alongside never yes. really telling themselves that they need to go because you're the one with the problem, not me. And yep. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, conscripted yeah. soldier is the best way I can, I can make that term or say that, describe them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. bet. Yeah. You know, yeah. what a, uh, I just couldn't even imagine that's why my heart goes out to the, you know, the families and that, that have to sit back and watch this stuff, you know, literally watching yeah. their sons and, and uh, daughters mm-hmm. kill themselves slowly or, or, or yeah, quickly, man. you know, yeah, like, right. Yeah. That's the reality of addiction. You know, it's not yeah. too many different yeah. places we it go. Was, um, a um, Memorial Monday, we did two weeks ago. Uh, Julie, she had no idea until three <laughs> weeks before her son overdosed and, yeah. and, and died. And it's like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a curse, but there's a blessing there too. Cause you know, you didn't have yeah. to, to live through the hell that, that a lot of moms do. Right. You know, and, yep. and, and yeah. the years of it, you, you and, bet, you know, right. So yeah. what, a, yeah. like, but what a horrible fucking attitude that is like that it's a, it's a blessing that you know, like, these are the conversations we shouldn't even have to have. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, I, yeah, no, no, I, um, yeah, I don't know. And the funny thing is too, and it was like, like I think the, the, the selfish part of it, of addiction is that, um, there's a couple components. There's a selfishness part and the powerless part. Like I said, like, I don't, I know I'm going to break my mother's heart if I, if I pick up again after I've been clean, because w- whenever we get clean, we build their hopes up. We, they celebrate our victories with us, right? And, and they do, and they have you know? no choice, no choice at all as to whether or not that victory lasts, or if they're getting back in the fight. And yeah, they're exactly. conscripted, right? You know, yeah, 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 you bet. You know, yeah, you know, they don't even and, get the benefit like, of getting a fucking buzz first, right? They just they're right no, back to hell. No, you know? so yeah, 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 know, yeah. yeah. I know that my I know, I know personally my, my you know my parents and uh, sister and is really everybody my friends have have lost a lot of you know sleep and and, and stress and um over over me and my actions you know and my mm-hmm. you know directly to my uh, addiction um thank god things aren't like that today but uh, was like that for a long time so um i uh yeah i, I like i said yeah so um and chuck a lot of my stories like i said in and out of treatment centers in and out of detox you know i tried the whole geographical cure because i just need to move to alberta and get this job where I make all this money and get this really nice car and, 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 you know, get all these external things mm-hmm. and that's going to work for me. And I believe that. And, and cause large amounts of money never led to any trouble for an addict, right? You know, right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I believe that too, that like changing my environment was, was, was the solution. I got to get a Maple Ridge away from these people, but everywhere I went, I brought myself with me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With my insane thinking and my addict thinking. And, and there I am again in Alberta doing the same thing. What ended up, uh, detox out there treatment out there um you know so yeah i uh but sorry we'll, we'll go back to um i know i'm kind of jumping uh all over we'll go back to when i got um out of uh miracle valley in 2004 i picked up the day i got out i knew i was going to because in my head my problem was heroin so yeah. i can use other yeah. substances like like i said so i would try to 
use other substances uh, successfully. No matter what I did, I was able to maintain that for a little bit, but it always led me back to, to heroin, heroin and it always progressed. Um, and I always ended up in the same place really, you know, and I, it, it's funny. Cause like, I remember, um, I remember going through detox and going through the withdrawals of opiates. It's not anyone that's ever been through that. Um, it's, it's fucking not a good time. No. It, it's, it's hell and, and, and all the pain and all the suffering and, and not only that, all the, the feelings, like I just wanted it to end so many times. I, I, I just, well, actually I wanted to die and like, I wish I would have died. So, you know, just, just waking up and wishing I didn't wake up. And, and, and um, I remember promising myself, I'm like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm done. And like, I meant it, mm-hmm. you know, if you hooked mm-hmm. me up to polygraph, I would have passed. I, I, I wholeheartedly meant that I was done and I promised my mother wow. and, and myself or, and there I am doing it again. And, and um, picking up to me, there's nothing more insane than, than picking up, a substance or whatever it is and knowing what the consequences are going to be and doing right. it anyway. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, yes. and overdose yeah. is part of my story too. I, you know, I've, I've, I've overdosed, uh, um, yeah, I overdosed, um, in, uh, in Maple Ridge. Um, you know, I, uh, I took a taxi from Langley. I picked up fentanyl, which at the shell station on two thirty second. The, the shell station was, was closed. Um, I got got the fentanyl from the girl. She was still in her car. I was just do like me, like I just use alone. Like that whole use with like somebody else. I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I just don't. That's scary and I don't think days. about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, so you overdose then, and what? Uh, like I, I overdose then, Chuck. And the funny thing is, too, is I, I truly believe this is some sort of like something looking out for me. And and I've had there's been lots of periods of, of lots of situations I can like go back and like, look, I'm like, wow. Like somebody was like, something is watching out for me. And, and I, uh, she happened to still be there in the, in the parking lot after I picked up the fentanyl. And I just went and I walked up to her V cause usually they give you the dope and they take off. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And, um, that's when it, and I, I think I knocked on the window or opened the door. Hey, can I use this inside? So she's like, sure. So I get in the car, I chop up the, uh, the fentanyl. This is like back in, uh, it was a 2017 with the pink fentanyl. A lot of people know where it from. Anyways, yeah. I, all yeah. sorts of, so I did, I did it in, I remember doing that. I didn't even do that much. And then the next thing I remember, I'm in the hospital, the Maple Ridge hospital. And that's about like 20, I think it's about 20 blocks away from 232nd. She took me to the hospital. I stopped breathing in her car. I went, I went blue and purple. So she didn't have, and so- she didn't have any Narcan with her then? No. She didn't have Narcan, Chuck. No, I don't think it was around as, as much then, you know. Um, and and um, she didn't have Narcan, no. But what she did do, and like, and even though despite the fact that she was out there like sell, selling drugs, because normally those leave you because they don't want to get, you know, police or anything like that. I'm going to interrupt you really drove, quickly. Okay? Yeah. And listeners, we're just going to quick for a quick public service announcement. Hi, everybody. This is Carl with today's public service announcement about naloxone, or as it's more commonly known, Narcan, a medication that can help save the life of somebody experiencing an opioid overdose. Did you know that in 2021, opioids were responsible for over 7,000 deaths in Canada and 106,000 deaths in the United States? These numbers are staggering, but there is hope. Narcan is a medication that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose and help save a life. Narcan is available for free at participating pharmacies and harm reduction centers across Canada and is also available without a prescription at most pharmacies in the United States. Now, I know most of you won't be around people using opioids, but you never know when it will be around you, and you could save the life of someone who is loved and who loves. All right, guys, well, we're back from the break here, and uh, Jason was just telling us about um, 
I guess being dropped off at the hospital after after overdose is that where you were yeah, at that yeah point? and that yeah that was it's and it's funny Chuck like you know all those year, years of uh that that I used heroin overdoses were were very rare they didn't happen often so things when, have you know, changed when they after. did it was it it was um like we it was it was more of a it was a bigger deal. It, it was a bigger deal, you know, and it was. It wasn't like, a casual and, thing and now, the way it is now, right? You know, wasn't wasn't a casual thing, and now it's just almost like we become like desensitized. Well, me personally, it's just like just the norm, yeah. You know, yeah, well, which the, isn't the captain. I great. sat down to record, and somebody had just died outside on his way in the building, yeah. right? And, yeah. and he said, and like, yeah. and he's a, he's a compassionate person, and he said, I, you yeah. know, what does it say about me that I can sit here now and just continue on with the conversation, right? And think, like, well, it's, yeah, you know, you know, it's, what's that say yeah. about society? Not you, but yeah, you know, right? So, Absolutely, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. not good. It's not no, good, no, you it's know. Not. And um, no. yeah, so I, uh, all those years of using heroin, I never personally overdosed, um, you know. And um, anyways, yeah, no. So that was um, that that was a real eye opener for for me to come to in the hospital the nurses told me you know we had to i, I forget how many times they said they narcan me you know i almost died i stopped breathing for this amount of time and and um and i remember like it it the situation the severe like it, it hit me pretty heavy you know because i'm like well that was like pretty close to death and and um the second thought that went through my head was i want more hmm. you know and, and every and single so time i've narcan somebody literally every single time i've had to narcan somebody yeah. within five minutes yeah. of being awake right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and Chuck, like a lot of people don't know the difference, like they don't. So some, some, some people, we have whatever percentage of the population that they can go try Coke. Maybe it has some fentanyl on it. They overdose and they're like, I'm never doing that Coke again. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever or substance is. Me, everybody else is like, that's the only Coke I'm ever going to do again. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. And that's what yeah. it was for me. Yeah. I want, I want to do it again. And I want that yeah. exact same fentanyl because it basically killed me. So that means it's good. That, it's funny because you know, I remember the pink you, stuff coming out of Vancouver. That's where my supply was coming out of uh, yeah, back, then, back around that time. And that pink was yeah. at, at the time I was in Regina and that's what everybody wanted. Right. So, yep. you know, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I did, I, I, I did jump pretty far ahead with that Chuck there, but it was kind of, you know, we were getting into the, you know, um, yeah. the, the yeah. overdoses and I just, that stuck out for me. Um, but again, it wasn't enough for me to stop and consequences were never enough for me to stop or, or stay stop, you know? So there I went and I, I, I picked it up again, exact same, exact same fentanyl from the exact same person. And, yeah. and, um, at this point too, like, it's funny. Um, I wasn't even, I wasn't like welcome around even like crack shacks. Like that's when, you know, you progress like pretty far when you're not welcome <laughs> around crack shacks. Right? You know? They don't want me around. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I was, you know, yeah. you were too dishonest and, to be here. Right. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. So, so, uh, set the bar low, about, my friend. Right? Set it pretty low. I'm talking about even when I had money, they didn't want me there. Right. Like, so Yeah. And uh, as I kind of paint the picture of what kind of, you know, addict I, I, I am, right? Um, so, yeah, I, like I, uh, there I, I am again. By the way, I really like that you just yep. said I am. Right? Yeah. I almost said I was. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, I still am. <laughs> I caught the yeah, hesitation there. And I, too, I, right? I thought I'd acknowledge that for you because that, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I start telling myself I got this thing figured out because I don't, you know. So, um, but uh, so anyhow, I, um, yeah, like I said, Chuck, uh, um, through, through the years of, so from the first time I went to treatment in 2004 to about 2017, mm-hmm. all of those years was me trying to build my, 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 my life up. Because if you look at, and again, I think you guys talked about it on, on a previous episode, what, what, what is success? How do you measure success, right? What does society yeah. look at success? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah. Where you make a hundred grand, at least a hundred grand a year. Yeah. You have a nice car or a nice truck and a really hot girlfriend, you know, and 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 you have all these yeah. external things and like that. To me, that meant I was a good person if I had those things. That made me good enough, you know. External things made me good enough. It filled like that void that nothing could ever fucking fill, no matter mm-hmm. what it was. Drugs, alcohol, women, money. It didn't matter. And yeah. um, yeah. so I. Yeah, I was really good at like building things up, but I was even better at burning them down. I burned them down pretty quick, you know, and that's what I did for for like the vast majority of of um, the majority of that that time, those years, two thousand four to two thousand seventeen. How many times you overdosed? Oh, oh, um, maybe four four or five times. I I, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. Narcan every time. Times, or... yeah. What's that? Narcan every time. Um. Yeah. I think I was Narcan. Never t- yeah, I, I know on this la- one of my last runs, I was down at, this is when Tent City was still in Maple Ridge, and I overdosed a few times there. Um, I don't and think there was Did the Narcan as- come from first responders or from your peers? No, from from, from peers. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That said something about uh, the evolution of that, at least, right? You know, right? Yeah, you bet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's funny, Chuck, too, because um, I, and like I was like saying, um, you know, when I, I remember I was in Alberta for, for another period of time and like I, I would use alone in my apartment every single day. And I think every single day I, I just dropped in there and nobody, nobody knew. Fuck man, that's I'm just, I'm just lucky. Yeah. yeah that's... Uh, you know, and, and again, like I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't think about that. I'm not one of the addicts that's that, that is going to use. And I'm not saying that's amazing if that, that app has helped save lives and, 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 and not using alone has helped save lives. I'm like, that's not my experience. I'm not thinking about that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. I'm picking up the substance. I don't care what the consequences are going to be. I'm not waiting for somebody to with Narcan. I'm yeah. just, I'm just fortunate enough and lucky enough. Somebody was there with Narcan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, and Hey, yeah, out there and, out and, there in BC, is it nasal or is it injection? What's the most common? There's both, but the most common is, um, injection. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See here. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was in Saskatchewan for, for my crazy addictive days, addic- you know, my, my yeah. serious days in active addiction and nasal is more common now than injection. In Alberta, right. I can't find it. Can't find nasal, yeah. only injection. Right. right. Which is just yeah. it's like so yeah. counterintuitive because it has to be way cheaper. It's the size of a pack of gum, right? Yeah. And it's so much more yeah. user-friendly. And so like I, I, I've never actually administered a needle Narcan because like I'm, I'm usually the person shaking the shit out of whoever just went down. And, and there's yeah. always somebody else that's been able to, so I haven't had to. But yeah. and, and just like for me, just loading up that rig with a Narcan would be – like insane right so um, it's funny yeah, yeah it's funny chuck because i've actually been on the receiving end of that where i've uh, you know I've, I've worked in uh in um harm reduction on the front lines for like some time now and i've you know been the one administering the, the narcan you know, so that's kind of uh, a little bit different you know um yeah yeah it's funny yeah. sorry go ahead no 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 i was listening to you yeah don't no, continue no. yeah and and you know it's the uh it, it's 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 crazy because i don't know how many times i sometimes i'll just you know if 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 to me it looks like the person is on the verge of an overdose, a lot of time I'll just yell, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna Narcan you," and they'll respond to that, and they, they, they don't want, they, nobody likes that, right? Like they get all sorts yeah. of pissed off, and, and um, you know, so sometimes <laughs> that's effective. Um, yeah. Or yeah. they have been Narcan, they come to, you and they're, and they're just, you know, they're, they're not, they're not happy. We'll, we'll just say yeah. that. But it's like, well, you know, you're welcome for saving your life. But, I've, uh, I've threatened so. <laughs> to Narcan probably five times more than I've actually done it, and it's funny how. <laughs> how effective yeah. that is right i'm yeah. an arcan you, you don't start with getting up right, <laughs> you know, right? yeah yeah you yeah. bet yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the funny thing is chuck too most of those instances like there they are doing it again you know go to work yeah. the next day there there they are doing it again you know and and, and um yeah. anyways yeah. uh yeah so um this would um 
we'll go to uh like I said, from 2004, 2017, 2017, the reason why I say that, because that was the year, I think it was March 22nd of 2017, that I went to Revolution Recovery for the first time in, in, in Surrey. That's okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, we'll, we'll take it up to 2017. And there I am. Um, I can't, can't stay clean. I just made a phone call, actually. And I called somebody I met in a previous treatment center. And I said, hey, I need help. Um, you know, and... Uh, he goes, well, here's this number. Here's a, here, here's a place that's called Revolution Recovery. Give me the number I called. It was Devin. I didn't know, you know, Devin McGuire, the, uh, the director, my, you know, mentor and close friend and, and, and um, one, of the, one of the people who is a huge reason I'm, I, I'm at where I'm at today because of, uh, you know, Devin and uh, believed in me and, and, um, and still does. Uh, so anyways, I called Devin. Um, I didn't know much about that place, and I think there's a little bit more willingness there. I didn't need to know um, what kind of food they had there, how, how how big the beds were. You know, I just I just I just showed up there, and uh, so, it wasn't so now like, you've you've gotten to the point where, if not, and, and I don't want to jump ahead in your story, where enough is enough is kind of where you're at with this this whole scene now, right? Or at least yeah, getting there. Yeah, if not yeah. Really, so yeah, yeah, just a little bit more open minded. And again, we talk about those principles in the room, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And and at this point, I wasn't picking and choosing things I, I, I would or wouldn't do for my recovery. It was just kind of show me what to do and I'll do it, you know? Yeah, and I, I followed that. the yeah. I followed the direction from, from other guys there. And, and, and the culture there was very uh, – there was just guys there that were serious about being sober. And, and, and they were happy about being sober and they were helping other people. And, and um, I very much wanted a part of that. And they had, they had purpose. They had meaning. And I kind of – I leaned into that. I leaned into that instead of me leaning over to what I thought were the cool guys in, in, in treatment, the guys that weren't doing the work, the chronic relapsers like me, right? You know, yeah, and yeah. um, and I started to like reap some of the benefits from that. You know, again, like it went through the uh, went through the steps, but um, I I um, I stopped doing the work, Chuck. I just stopped doing the work, and I started putting other things before my recovery. And um, I was still like, quote unquote, I was in recovery, but I was still very much my, 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 my ego was very big, very, very arrogant. I stopped learning and growing. I didn't seek any sort of outside help, um, that I didn't even know was there that I, that I didn't know I, I, I needed it. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I relapsed, relapsed and people told me I was going to relapse. Like you can't, you can't go to a meeting and then go hang out with gangsters and drug dealers and stay sober. Cause that's what I was doing. Yeah. ultimately yeah. you know yeah, so it right. doesn't really line up yeah, with, so anyway yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and again you couldn't tell me any different because i knew better and um you know so i yeah i ended up by uh, you know re relapsed um that 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 was you know and then within a couple months down down at that tent city because that's where i go it's not anything glamorous it's not like i'm sitting at cactus club on the patio like you know with some hot <laughs> chicks or anything like that it's <laughs> so yeah, yeah. i mean, wish it was but that's not um, my head will tell me it's going to be like that so anyways i I made it back. I made it back, and there's nothing worse than being out there at this point when I knew there was a better way. So, how long was that and relapse for then? I think it was maybe it's two, three months. Okay, okay, yeah. wasn't 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 too long, you know. I've definitely had a lot longer runs, but it was it was worst. It was worst, Chuck. In 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 in. in the worst part about it was I just knew there was a better way. And I wanted that feeling again. I wanted that freedom again. I wanted that connection again. Cause I, I experienced that for, I think just over a year before. And I just, and it's just so hard to get back there, you know? So I came back with all the guilt and the, the shame and the, uh, I was just broken when I came back, you know, and, 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 and they, they, they welcomed me back and they brought me back and, 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 you know, and they believed in me and I just got into the 12 steps right away. Um, you know, I think within, 
I detoxed in, in that and gone to a step group. I think in my first, uh, maybe after 30 days of being there, went through a couple sets of, you know, I did, went through the NA steps, went to a step group, and I really leaned into service work. Yeah. Um, you know, doing yeah. detox panels, just making myself available to help others. What's a um, detox panel? I, uh, I've never heard that term. What's that? Well, detox, like, you know what a detox facility is. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm so, more than familiar with. I've never yeah, heard right, detox yeah, panel. Me, me yeah. too, right? I, I was really familiar with being patients in them, but then, you know, so people um, in – in recovery, basically, we go to, to, to detox uh, centers and they tell their story. It's kind of much like what I'm doing now. Um, mm -hmm. It just kind of carried like that message of hope, you know. Oh, okay, okay. So with back. the 12 steps. Yep. Okay, okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still keep in touch with um, a couple of the people that uh, – I was in Moose Jaw when I went to detox the three or two, well, two times anyway, like actually went. Uh, but I still keep in touch with the, with the panel, I guess. I've just never heard it called that. Um, that, that was yeah. coming there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And – and that was huge for me, Chuck. And I really, I really, I sat in on lots of step groups and learned more about the literature and, and the big book and, and, and um, more about the disease of alcoholism so I could help other alcoholics and, and so I can be more effective and, and all that. And um, I know that like Ryan, I think you guys talked about this on, on your previous podcast is that like I very much and a lot of alcoholics and addicts very much use the program to, you know, and then it sometimes it becomes look, look, look what I'm doing. Look how many sponsors I have. Yeah, you he know talks I mean? about the frosted tips and the and that, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. treating it yeah. treating it like it's a popularity contest, and it's just like very, very, uh, you know, what what does this person think of me? And just a lot of like the codependent behaviors were still there. The ego was still there. The arrogance was still there, and and um, really needing that validation and approval. And here, look at it. Look at everything I'm doing. You know, and uh, look at the people I'm helping and all that type of stuff. And uh, I, I think. Um, this is like a pretty like big moment. Like I was in the office one day with, with, with Devin and, and a couple of other staff and I started, I got really like emotional. I started crying. I didn't know why. And I started uh, talking about um, De De Devin and, um, and actually Delphine, they kept on, you know, digging. And I said, Oh no, I'm just resentful. Cause the program programs us to, you know, deal with our, whenever something happens, Oh, I'm just resentful. You know, I said, Oh, I'm just resentful. And they're like, no, no. So I kept on, I opened up a little bit more. I let my guard down a little bit more and I just finally opened up about like, you know, being adopted and all that stuff and all the, uh, like the, the fear um, attached to that of rejection and abandonment. And, uh, you know, so, but I said, Devin, I don't understand. I said, I dealt with the resentment in my step four. I don't have it anymore. And he said, yeah, but like Jason, that, that was, you know, traumatic. And I suggest you see um, this counselor. I know this guy named, named Ryan. And, and that's when, when Ryan and I met, you know, so Devin connected us and, uh, and so for um, the listeners, that's you know, uh, that's Ryan Bathgate. Um, uh, we call him the captain on Kaleidoscope Wednesdays, just so uh, you know. I had to do that little plug, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Bathgate. Um, you yeah. know, and like thank God, um, you know, for him, and, and um, yeah, we we meet people throughout like our journey that have an impact um, in in our lives, and he's made a significant impact um, in in my life, you know, and uh, um, yeah, uh, so definitely grateful for. For him, and I went, started going through that process of, you know, the outside help, and we'll touch on that. Um, and, again, it talks about it in our, our, our literature. It does talk about it in the big book that some people need to seek outside help, whether it be for mental health or, or trauma or whatever, you know. And, and, and a lot of times as alcoholics and addicts, we like to give these uh, opinions that, oh, just do the steps and you'll be, you'll be okay, you know. And yeah. it's like we're not really yeah. qualified to do that. Um, so I'm a huge advocate of seeking outside help or whatever, whatever it might be, you know, uh, whether it be a therapist and to see a doctor or I mean to be on this medication. Um, so I started seeing, started seeing Ryan and really got into some of the, uh, 
um, you know, Ryan's really big on like emotional intelligence and he's really big on like, you know, meaning and purpose and connection. And so I knew why I knew specifically why I was seeing him. Um, so I think I saw him for the first, uh, maybe eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was actually pretty early when I saw him, you know, once a week, but it, it, I was at the point there, Chuck, when I was still like, I wasn't quite ready yet. Like I was still, our sessions, like like Ryan likes to say, he was still putting out a lot of like these little fires, and I still had this fucking big. It was like this big show, so I'd come in there, I think I had to present for Ryan because I had to impress him and tell him about all these amazing things I'm doing, and um, really not practice the things that we're talking about. And uh, so, anyways, um, a few years passed. You know, I stayed sober. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, just just me, in my experience, just seeking outside help doesn't keep me sober. Um, it's not just about being sober. It's about finding out who I am and finding, I think, meaning, purpose, and connection. Like, there's a lot that that goes into it. It's just about growth, really. So, I yeah, I made a decision yeah. to start seeing Ryan again. I've been seeing him for uh, I don't know a couple months now. You know, I made a commitment to him and myself. I'd see him every couple weeks, and um, just out of those sessions, I have been able to um i found more more growth personal growth from doing those and i have probably in the past couple of years I, I i would say you know okay, but um, now you're coming from a place that's bit like where your baseline is sobriety right yeah. so so the amount and i, I can only guess because i've never done therapy jason but I, I can only guess that when your baseline is sobriety that therapy can mean so much more now, right? Now that now that 100%. this is a new norm, right? You know, yes. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. and the funny thing is, Chuck Tune is like, you know, and Ryan talks about this too. Is like, how many people? I'm not even talking about addicts and alcoholics. I think so many people would benefit from seeking, you know, therapy, um, you know, counseling, and 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 um, it's 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 really like a shame. I know Ryan doesn't like that word. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, really, no, it's really too bad that, uh, guilt, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting, um, you know, and uh, it's, it's just too bad that uh, people I feel don't reach like their full potential, you know, and, and because it might be, it's because of whatever fear they have going on or, or just kind of stuck in uh, their comfort zone. And um, so Why anyhow, yeah, that, uh, I, limit, uh, limitless access to limitless potential. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. bet. And, and so, yeah. And I think that's like been like one of the biggest like things through me throughout this like recovery journey is just getting out of my, my comfort zone. It's been about growth. It's been about doing things that there's fear attached to, but doing it anyway. And, and, um, you know, so I think, uh, you know, like doing this, for example, you know, and this is like pretty cool opportunity at the same time. I'm, you know, I am not going to say I'm not nervous cause I am and like that, that's okay though. Right. Like we don't, I don't avoid things today, um, based on uh fear, you know, which fear kind of like dictated my, uh, a lot of decisions I made and didn't make my, my whole life. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I can appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, um, so, so what are you doing these days then, Jason? What's, that's, um, I, I mean, not to jump ahead too far, but, um, I, I mean, obviously you, you're working in recovery or. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, or, not, I don't know if I'd call it recovery. Well, here, yeah, I, I, I think, um, maybe be careful. Might offend some people. I think, uh, my, my view, what, what recovery is to me, I know recovery is a blanket statement, you know, and it might be harm reduction to some people that might be recovery or whatever somebody's journey is, whatever they find that works for them, like, great, you know, I believe in abstinence, uh, you know, based on um, recovery myself. That's what worked for me. I tried harm reduction. It didn't, it didn't work, um, you know, but that doesn't mean it can't work for other people. Um, so like I just, yeah, I work um, as a, uh, a peer support worker for, uh, Fraser Health on the on the ACT team in in Maple Ridge, which is kind of ironic. It was like the what is that? The, I'm sorry, the ACT ACT terrorize. Um, um, 
Oh, I should know the uh, I should know the acronym. Uh, basically, we, we we do outreach truck in the community. We have um, okay, um, okay, a number of, of clients that get referred to our team. You know, when they have, um, you know, they have to have like a pretty significant mental health diagnosis to be re- referred to us. So we basically, um, you know, our, our our goal is 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 um, to uh, to help them with ever uh, really like they, they need help with whether it's housing a lot of them or. We're getting them on uh, whatever medication they they need, and just kind of like support them throughout their, you know, journey. That has got to be wildly rewarding for you. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is rewarding. You know, I think we can do. In my opinion, I think we can do a lot better. I think we can do more. I think um, recovery can be more of a conversation, and and that just goes in. And we just don't have enough um, resources, enough facilities out here as far as detox right. beds and treatment right. centers and, and those windows where, yeah. where it, people want help are so small. Um, I, I think um, in, in BC where you're at is kind of similar to Saskatchewan where I was in that a huge percentage of the population doesn't pay taxes, but a huge percent of the population needs tax dollars and it's really hard to get yeah. those resources, right? I mean, yep. yeah. you got this yeah. bigger problem than there is money at the end of the day and, and you know, it's, it's got to come from somewhere. It's, 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 it's a yeah. frustrating thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a redirection of resources most certainly away from the, that punitive attitude that we have towards addiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, that would make a big difference, but how, how long have you been yeah. sober for now? What's it, or do you celebrate? And I, I, I'd be careful. I don't celebrate my days. Um, and, yep. and it, Ryan has the same mentality. So if that's not something you talk about, I get it. You're sober no, I, now and that's what I, matters. Right. So, yeah, I do. I, I, I know I do truck and I take, you know, cakes um, from you know what my, my milestones. I don't run around telling everybody how many years I've got sober. And um, you know, okay. if somebody asks yeah. me, I'll tell them I've got, so I've got four, Four years. I'll be five years. November second, two thousand eighteen, is my is my sobriety date. Good, uh, good for you, know, you man. So then I'll ask another question: When's recovery start for you? So that's your sobriety date, but the difference, you know, it, recovery um, is not a linear process, right? So yep. my my sobriety date is a year after my journey into recovery. The first time I started really taking it seriously, right? So um, I, or, or I really you. wanting to. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I just call it that, that day. Cause I mean like that day that I, that I went in to, to revolution, November 2nd, 2018, like I was, I, I, I surrendered and I knew that I was, um, that I was done and I was willing to. Okay. Okay. To, okay. To, to yeah. Fair enough. Over. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't really wait. I got right into the, I got right into the solution. Um, you know, good right for you, away and, good uh, for you. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I know I did. Uh, I can probably sit here and talk about more about the problem um, and and a lot of the things that didn't work. Uh, you know, because I've done that a lot longer. The things that did work and that do work for for me. You know, this is all my experience and, and yeah, uh, yeah, what's worked and what hasn't. And, okay, well, I'll tell you what, Jason. We're um, we're we're pretty much at the end of our time, but I am not done with you by any standard, and uh, I'd like to pick up this conversation later in the week if you're good with that. Yeah, absolutely, Chuck. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. Okay, so. Um, hey guys, it's time for my favorite part of the show, and that's the daily gratitudes. Hey, this is Scott from the New New Friends podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ashes to Awesome. The daily gratitudes are brought to you by the New New Friends podcast. Please check us out, newfriendspodcast.com. We're streaming on all major platforms. If you just need laughter in your week, just an escape from what's going on in your life, I highly recommend my podcast to get you through that week, bring some levity and and make you laugh. So check us out. No New Friends Podcast on all streaming platforms. That's nonewfriendspodcast.com. And now here are your daily gratitudes. And remember, you are love. Okay. And as we all like to know, guys, for the daily gratitudes, when I have a guest on, I like to ambush them and get them to give me three daily gratitudes. So Jason, what do you got for daily gratitudes today? 
Yeah. I mean, that's, it's funny you ask that. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because you can ask me, you can ask me what I'm grateful for and, 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 and whatever day, whatever moment that might change. But I mean, the, the first one I wrote down was recovery because without recovery, nothing, nothing good in my life takes place. You know, everything in my life comes as the direct result of recovery. So we're going to start with that. Um, as friends and family, you know, um, yeah, man. And recovery showed, given me the, a lot of gifts. And one of them, one of the gifts is the, uh, the ability to be a friend and, 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 you know, to show up for people and, and be an uncle and be a son. Um, yeah. So awesome. Uh, awesome. And, uh, Hey guys, for the fourth daily gratitude, as always, as you, the listeners, whatever you're doing, man, it's working, whatever you're doing, ladies, it's working. Uh, our numbers are going week over week and every single time you share, download, comment, rate, uh, come to the Facebook page. You are, uh, you're, you're helping me lead my best life and, and that best life will be making a humble living, spreading this message. So, uh, thank you to each and every one of you for helping me to spread the message. And the message is this. If you are in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, call into detox, go to a meeting, do whatever the hell you need to do to start because it is so much better on the other side. And if you're the loved one of an addict, you've just taken the time to listen to this episode. And for that, I am eternally grateful. If you could just take one more minute out of your day and text that addict, let them know they are loved. Use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings him back. and all the different pills can get expensive. All this bottled up aggression, I'm too old to get arrested. Almost died trying to get here. Got high through my best years. Got sober, then I relapsed, then I cleaned up, got my head clear. Sometimes it feels like there ain't to believe in. But I believe that we're out here for a reason. You don't think you're a fighter, but I know you are. You are a From the pressure I put on myself for years Tired from my 20s, the whiskey bottles and beers Tired of smiling while I've been holding back tears But I believe I can do it, so I'm here I'm a believer I believe I'm a believer I believe I've been told I have a death wish No one's interested Cold and too aggressive Close to hypertension I'm broken from the pressure Explosive with my temper I'm sober but I'm stressing And hoping it gets better Am I falling off? Should I give it up or put it all on pause? Let go of this dream so I can visit home and talk to mom? Maybe all I need is another Instagram post With a quote about believing in yourself when you're low You don't think you're a fighter But I know you But I'm a believer, nothing is impossible I'm a believer, I believe I'm a believer, I believe You don't think you're a fighter